On this week's episode, we are squarely in the crosshairs of E3 2021. Was Josh correct on the influence of movie critics? And what are the best pop culture gifts to give to dad this Father's Day? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford talking right back at you from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, popculturecosmos.com. And of course, our great deal with our sister show, The Lakers Fast Break, at manscaped.com. If you buy anything at manscaped.com and you put in the code FASTBREAK, all one word, at checkout, it's going to be 20% off plus free shipping. What a great Father's Day gift idea right there for you at manscaped.com. But a way to me on Pop Culture Cosmos without some good friends of mine. I've got two this time, at least for a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead and first mention my Friday co-host, Castle PCC on the Twitter and Instagram. is a good friend indeed. It is Mr. Marcus De La Garza. And Marcus, great to have you here. I know you can't stay long. We're going to go ahead and get your thoughts on the day at E3 a little bit before we head on out. But great to have you here nonetheless. Hey, I'm really excited to be here. It's another great day. And, you know, we had some really fun stuff happen this weekend with E3. I will give you a quick thought there. But, you know, I'm looking forward to maybe talking some box office numbers if if we get to it. Because there's some surprises here for me. There are some surprises here and actually some not too great news when it comes to the weekend box office. If you're a certain film and something we were kind of surprised on as per our conversation on the Friday show. So we'll talk about that coming up here in a second. Plus, also as well, Josh and I have some thoughts and reviews of Biomutant. Well, at least Josh's thoughts. But I have a review also as well of Chivalry 2. Going to go ahead and run that off real quick for you. Father's Day gift ideas only the pop culture cosmos can create. So I've got some ideas. Plus, I've got an article out now at popculturecosmos.com in detail telling you about the best Father's Day gifts to give Dad this Father's Day And then the back half of the show will devote a lot to E3 2021 because Microsoft Conference was available on day two of E3, plus Square Enix, a ton of PC gaming was out there. I mean, my gosh, it seemed endless. I just shut off our coverage that we streamed from the E3 channel on Twitch. That took eight hours of our lives because of all the games that were announced so far on E3 day two. But we can't cover them all, but we'll cover the best of the best on the back half of the show as well. And then Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and Clash of the Titans are 40 years old this weekend. Who remembers which one more? It's going to be so funny, but I have some memories of each coming up on the back end of the show as well. But my friends, it is the box office, and congratulations to A Quiet Place Part 2 regaining the number one spot domestically here at the box office, eking out a win over the disappointing In the Heights and In the Heights Unfortunately, only garnering an 11 million haul this weekend, which has got to be very disappointing for Warner Brothers, although it is available on HBO Max. So I'm hoping that they made up for some of that on HBO Max. But not only that, but of course, A Quiet Place Part 2 is now over $100 million domestically, the first movie in the U.S. to do that during the course of the pandemic. So it's great news for them. But Josh should be patting himself on the back this weekend because... He's made the comments all the time about the declining value and importance of film critics in our society. And not only he did it on one week, but he did it on two weeks in a row. So Josh, who's also here, and it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is our Josh Box series, Josh. It is Josh Peterson. And Josh, I want to go ahead and compliment you first off, because two weeks in a row, you you called it with a critically pan movie, The Conjuring 3, gaining the top spot and a critically beloved movie in the Heights getting disappointed at the next. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, critic culture is becoming outdated. I get not outdated, but like people just aren't listening to critics anymore because 
we're in a time now where people are just hungry for new things to consume. You know, maybe that people liked it in the Heights, but it was more of a popcorn flick to go out and watch. It was a date movie and nobody's still going out on dates. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just people are just hungry for new content and no matter what form it falls in. The Conjuring 3 is something that you can consume on HBO Max. You don't really have to leave your house or you can go to the movies to watch it. And it's just it's a horror movie. So people are going to watch it regardless of how well it does. And and again, like horror movies never get reviewed well anyways, and people still go to watch them. Absolutely. But Marcus, do you have anything to add on this? We're kind of disappointed to see the returns of In the Heights. Yeah, I just I, I would love to know what the uh, streaming numbers did to the actual box office numbers. And, you know, this might be the final nail in the coffin here for day and date releases if we find out that it did just monstrous numbers on streaming, which sucks. I mean, I think you and I and, and Josh, I'm sure you've talked about it as well. I do appreciate the day and date releases, so I hope that isn't what the cause was here. But yeah, I mean, very disappointed in, in the numbers that came out this weekend, but there wasn't a lot of talk. There were commercials leading up to things, you know, on Friday, but it just felt like pretty underwhelming, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah, it's disappointing, and I hope people, if they are into musicals, will catch it at some point in time in the Heights that is available now at the box office and HBO Max, so hopefully you get a chance to check it out, but a very disappointing return. I know Warner Brothers is not exactly thrilled with the numbers, and we'll see what it does going forward on HBO Max, if it provides a lot of help there, or if it doesn't do much of anything, which will be truly disappointing for Lin-Manuel Miranda, who put his talents to the test here. Also, John Chu, director of Crazy Rich Asians, who did so well with that movie, unfortunately looks like a little bump in the road for him. But if you checked it out, I mean, let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Josh? Can I ask you, I just want to ask you guys a question. Do you think that it, any of this might have anything to do with how, even when the trailers for the movie came out, critics were already ripping it apart for, you know, the various social issues that it had, you know, as far as the casting goes. So do you think that might have had anything to do with the diminished returns of this film? Could have. There's a very good possibility that that it might have. I mean, it's still, I think that, Going into it, I didn't hear a lot of that. I heard a lot of it initially. I mean, when you're talking about the casting is concerned, but by the time the movie came out, well, I think like what Marcus was saying, there wasn't a lot of great advertising behind it. Uh, I think that's probably one thing right there that's that was a strike against it. I think that with the director of Crazy Rich Asians, who was uh, was just such a monstrous hit, and Lynn Manuel Miranda, who's coming off of Hamilton and all that success, I mean, this was a match made in heaven. And unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be a bump in the road. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at, at some point, it just feels like they didn't do enough to put this out there that, hey, you've got all these big names that are attached to this. And felt like we should have been seeing just really big commercial pumps over the last three weeks, not the last three days before the film released. This is a date movie, and I don't think people are ready to go out on dates yet. Maybe that could be the case as well. So we'll see what happens with In the Heights. Uh, hopefully, they will find some success someday for that movie but it's not going to be this weekend at the box office but if you checked it out let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com before we hit the break guys josh and i has had some gaming in our lives and not just e3 josh i know has been playing by mutant when his dogs are not eating his internet and i <laughs> have been going to battle large-scale battle and often my head has been lopped off and my arms have been just chopped off. But I've had a whale of a time with Chivalry 2. So before I go ahead into Chivalry 2, Josh, you've had a chance to go ahead and become a biomutant. How's your time there? So I, I think the last time I talked to you about it, I was just breaking free of the tutorial, which, by the way, is about 45 minutes. Really long intro. But, you know, as, as I got more out into the open world, I started to enjoy it a little bit more. Like the whole purpose of the game, you're trying to, like, save the tree of life it's called in the game and you're trying you have to go there's things infecting each of the roots so you have to go it's a big map you have to go to all the different parts on the on the roots and fight different you know different bosses there it does a pretty good job of like being a very casual game you know you can kind of just play it at your own speed play it at your own style you know it does have that breath of the wild influence where you're kind of going to different there's no specific order you're supposed to do things in so you can kind of just explore while you're doing things and like oh hey this guy's too hard so maybe i need to go do something else until i can come back and beat this guy so that's really cool at the end of the day though like the combat is just not satisfying to me i don't know have you ever played a game where like you'll you'll kill not kill, well you know do whatever you do to an enemy but it doesn't feel good 
Yeah. That was Biomutant for me. Like the combat. It is not Chivalry 2. You feel good when you go ahead and you and you dispose of enemies in that battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm you know I'm anxious to hear about that. But yeah, it, at the end of the day, like Biomutant, there's a lot of things that it did right, but there's more things that it did wrong. I think it was just it was a very ambitious project for such a small studio, and I think that had they had bigger staff, they could have really like honed in on a lot of these, I guess, loose mechanics you can call them, where like they feel like they're there, but they're not fully fleshed out. Cause you know, you can switch from like shooting to, to mate to a melee weapon. There's too much going on. Like the game is in search of an identity that it never quite finds. And then at the end of the day, it also still feels like something that belongs on the Xbox 360 PlayStation three generation. And to me, again, like it, it's, I appreciate what it's trying to be. And, you know, I do plan on finishing it. But it's just, it's not something that feels like it belongs on the series of consoles. Well, I did play Chivalry 2, and that does feel like it should be on any console it can darn well please, because you take up the sword, you take up anything you can as far as a weapon's concerned, grab anything that's out there. You do start with different classes, four different classes, four different styles, from archery to a swordsman to other classes. And that anything out there is available to you. I mean, you can strike and kill people and dispose your enemies with candelabras, barrels. You can throw any one number of crazy things that are out there. Even grab your opponent's fallen heads and limbs and use that as weapons as well. So what is the trebuchet situation? in this? Treb- uh, I mean, it's just basically the trebuchets are evil. And you're supposed to go ahead and uh, unless you play it as a trebuchet. Because you can play as a one side or the other. Basic, it's either a 40, a free-for-all, or the mode I like the best is the 64 battles that are out there where you're 32 on 32. And if somebody quits, they just get replaced by a bot. It's chaos. It's hectic with different challenges, whether you're defending prisoners or you're defending a, a town or you're, you're just going capturing spots. Or it's just a free-for-all. It's just amazing the type of fun that you can have. I've got a lot of footage available that I recorded last night for the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook channel. So if you get a chance, check that out. But yeah, it's just truly amazing war melee combat simulator. You do have to have some skill. You do have to have a little bit of experience. But you can get into it right away and feel like you're accomplishing something. You will not feel that overwhelmed. As long as you go ahead and you start doing it from a gradual space, but not just charging in there. Because if you just charge into an area where there's three or four other guys in the middle of a battle, you're going to go ahead and get your head lopped off in in seconds. But if you see strategically that, for instance, there's three or four individuals attacking another two of your teammates going along the side and, and strafing them from the side or from behind, and you can go ahead and attack that way. Finding different ways to go ahead and, and get your opponents in the middle of all this melee is, is part of the charm of this. And it does provide chaos, but it's it's so fun to play and so satisfying. There's enough maps that gets everybody going right now. I would love to see the maps evolve into other times of the past. Like I was talking before about Ninja or maybe the Arabian Nights where it's a lot also sword-based and, and weapons-based type deals where you could really go into those ages as well i'd love to see it evolve into that but chivalry 2 is a great game for me it's a fun time and it's a multiplayer game i know josh isn't huge in the multiplayers but this for a great laugh is is got to be something you might want to try i do give it an 8 out of 10 and you're going to read my review this week at popculturecosmos.com josh before we hit the break i mean if you were able to give biomutant a review i know you are going to be having a written review as well on popculturecosmos.com but if you had to give it a score what would you give it it's climbing up to a seven. It's at a 6.5 right now. So I think it, the ending is what I'm waiting to see on this one. So it's, it's hinging on that seven right now. It's almost there. I want to ask you a question about chivalry, though, if you have a yes. second. Yes, sir, knight. Yes, sir, knight. Is it, would you say that the combat feels very grounded or does it have a more like Dynasty Warriors feel to where like you swing no, it's, back it's and like much more fly grounded. everywhere? It's much more gritty, much more grounded, no. Sir Josh. And if you were to go out and experience it and charge, and I love the fact that you can do different battle cries, different taunts, and sometimes you're running with groups of people, your teammates, or you're running into battle just like you would maybe centuries ago, and you're charging your, ah, going into battle that you can go ahead and do. And and yes, sometimes your lives are in seconds, but sometimes you get that satisfaction of getting those kills one after one after one, and another after another after another. And 
it, to me, it's just part of the fun. And even if you do die, it's still the ragdoll physics sometimes are, are really fun to watch. And again, you can just be doing everything right. And the next second, you know, your head's been lopped off. So, and then actually being picked up by an opponent and being used as a weapon there too. So it's a very interesting game to say the least, but it's very fun and it's a fantastic multiplayer experience. So I've enjoyed my time and I hope everyone gets a chance to experience it too. Chivalry 2. Well, again, if you have any thoughts on Chivalry 2 or also as well, Biomutant, please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. I know you've been hearing about Manscaped on all those other programs and podcasts. Well, Manscaped and the Coupets Podcast Network are working together on something fantastic. And oh my goodness, have we got a deal for you. Manscaped.com has just released their wireless, waterproof, and rechargeable Lawnmower 4.0, which offers their trademark skin-safe replaceable blades that gets you the ultra-close shave exactly where you need it. Head on over to Manscaped.com and choose from the huge list of men's grooming and lifestyle products, including the ultra-popular Lawnmower 4.0 Body Groomer, and get 20% off at Manscaped plus free shipping with the promo code FASTBREAK at manscaped.com. That's right, just type in FASTBREAK, all one word at checkout, at Manscaped, and get ready to start looking good this summer from your friends at Manscaped, the Hoopheads Podcast Network, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Well, before we hit the half-hour break, I know Marcus is going to have to leave us here in a few minutes, but Marcus, I know you had some thoughts on E3. So before we get to some great Father's Day gift ideas only at the Pop Culture Cosmos can give you, I want to hear your thoughts on E3 before we head to that point for Father's Day. Yeah, I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I know you guys have a lot that you want to cover on the backside here. There was a lot of news this weekend. And so I'm going to focus on the Microsoft presentation today just for just a second. I've got five things. Starfield. Wow. I don't know if you guys caught that trailer. November 11th, 2022 is a big day, I think, for probably all three of our households. I'm looking forward to playing this one. Just the cinematic teaser, though, that we got was beautiful. And I hope you guys get a chance to watch that if you haven't yet. Forza Horizon 5. Really cool. We're moving into Mexico here for the new settings. Really excited to play a lot of things. I noticed that the Ford Bronco is really on display for this trailer. Back up that Brinks truck. As we like to say on Fridays, back up that Brinks truck. But that one, November 9th. Hey, Josh, I might be joining you in Xbox land here pretty soon. Just because it's... Yeah, buddy. Come over to the dark side. But we won't have our resident PS5 person. Well, Josh, you have a PS5. You can be our resident PS5 person. Plus, we need to get you to buy Ratchet and Clank and let us know what... He already is. I did. Yeah, I got it. I like it, but it's not a nine. You know, that's what I said. Like, it's a fun game. It's not a nine, though. I, I had somebody over yesterday that told me it's like we're rehashing all the old worlds, and it's not like we actually added anything to the lore. Yeah. It's a 3D platformer. It's an action platformer. It, it's fun. I'd, I'd give it an 8, but I don't think I'd crawl up to a 9. Battlefield 2042. Sorry, I just jumped right back into my Microsoft stuff. Great gameplay trailer. Just the vehicles alone. I mean, Gerald, you and I talked about it on Friday. There's nothing like it. There really is. Cinematic trailers no longer do it for me. I've seen hundreds upon hundreds of E3 cinematic trailers. I mean, you were talking about Starfield. Yeah, that's great. Cinematic trailer. But that doesn't do diddly squat for me anymore because josh and i have talked about this for years on our show where we've seen a cinematic trailer and then the gameplay comes out of it finally two three years later and it stinks or it's not a great representation of what the final games i mean it's, people have gone to lawsuits i mean watchdogs Over, yeah. i think it's probably one of the best examples the alien game from a few years ago from sega that was another where they, actually there was individuals that were fighting for that but those cinematic trailers are sometimes misleading so I don't want to get my hopes up too high on Starfield unless I actually see gameplay trailer. And yeah, that that to me is something I'll, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more in the back half. Yeah, yeah. I do want to say, though, I did notice that Forza had a, a really big disclaimer that all the 4K sequences that you were seeing in their trailers were from actual gameplay. So that's um, good. Yeah, that's I mean, I like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, those little details that I was catching today while I was watching coverage were I thought those are the important things. Last two, though, Microsoft Flight Simulator. I don't know about you guys, but I'm Come really excited. Xbox, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Late July, that's something that's been talked about now for a while. And that now that they have a powerful enough system, that's something that is, is now a finality. I know 
one of our old stations that we were part of, he was fixated on waiting for that moment. And I, I notified to him today that that's the case. And his response was, well, yeah, that's great, but I can't get an Xbox Series X. So, <laughs> you know, to all the bots that they did today's E3 showcase to, I mean, they'll be great to get all those games on their Xbox oh, yeah. Series. And Josh, the bots and Josh. Bots plus Josh. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's thanks to the the bots that Josh has these. I mean, Josh doesn't use bots, but I mean, you know, I bought it off someone who did use bots. That that, hey. that would actually be a good indie game, right? Bot killer. Yeah. Ooh. Hey guys, but last one: Age of Empires Four Game Pass. I'm really looking forward to that too. PC okay. only, but still looks awesome. I'm and okay that's with the idea. And that's the I'm idea. A, the Xbox Games Pass. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that though. I mean, it's it's fun to know that it's coming back. And I mean, I think I've been talking to you, Gerald, about it, about building a PC, you know, like an actual PC rig. So maybe that's one of the first things I jump into. That's October 28th though, so I've got some time to get that all pieced together and built. Well, it's going to be a great to see. And Josh and I will be talking more about the Microsoft conference and also as well as Square Enix on day two of E3. And you can catch our day one thoughts already wherever you get your podcast. But but any thoughts from yesterday before we head on out? Did you see anything you liked? Yeah, I, I mean, yesterday. Don't tell was... me the Avatar game. Please don't. You're not excited about the Avatar game, Gerald? Absolutely not. No, I, I, I'll be honest. I did spend some time at the beach yesterday, so I did miss a lot of yesterday. So I'm, I'm just spending a lot of time today trying to get caught up on presentations and everything. So I'm not going to. Don't gonna... tell me you like the Avatar game. No, I did not like the Avatar game. Well, then again, it was a cinematic trailer, so we don't even know what the gameplay is like, so we'll see. Well, but I, I did hear the Marvel game did kind of impress a little bit to a certain extent, but it's yeah, coming but... from the same studio that did the Avengers game, so what, well, what that's, gives? Well, uh, you know, neither here nor there. The Avengers has not been the most beloved game, but we'll see what happens. We'll talk about that specific Marvel game coming up here on the back end of the show, but... Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, but other than that, man, it's uh, I didn't catch enough yesterday. I, I've, I'm just spending my time trying to get caught up right now. So, well, absolutely, but you've got a busy couple of days ahead because not only have you got access to E3 and all the stuff that's going on there. So, yep. hopefully, I will hear more from you on Friday show. And Josh, I would like to see you, if possible, stopping by for Friday show if you can. Yeah, definitely Please. do my best to be there. That would be awesome. I mean, so we can share our final thoughts on E3 after the dust has settled. I will have some special guests for day three and day four for their reports from E3. So hopefully I can go ahead and have that happen on Monday and Tuesday nights as you watch this and listen to this on the Pop Culture Cosmos. So hopefully you get a chance to check it out. But hopefully as well, Marcus and Josh will be able to share their final thoughts on E3 coming up this week on the PCC Multiverse on Friday. So Marcus, I know you said you needed to head on out. I appreciate you taking the time to speak to us today. Yeah, and guys, thank you so much for letting me jump on and give us some quick thoughts on the Microsoft presentation. I was pretty enthused when I saw Microsoft Flight Simulator was coming back. Like, yeah. I was just jazzed. It was like, oh man, this might be the thing that gives me the switch. Well, you can buy it right now on PC. You just need 20,000 discs. You need 20,000 discs. You need like $3,000 worth of gear. It's, it's yeah. you know, I, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. So, But you have an Xbox Series X instead. There you go. I, I mean, I'll, that's cheaper. It's a cheaper solution. I'll do well, it. Well, if the bots will let you. Yeah. Josh, can you put in a good word with the bots for me? At the next bot meeting, I'll make sure. <laughs> Fair enough, All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Right, Thank man. you, Marcus. Appreciate it. And we'll see you Friday at the PCC Multiverse. But, Josh, before we head to the half-hour break, some great Father's Day gift ideas. Hint, hint for you. Hint, hint for me. Can I buy myself gifts on Father's Day? How does Why that... not, man? There are prices uh, on some of these that I mentioned. If you take a look at my article at popculturecosmos.com, at the time I wrote them over the weekend, a lot of them were on sale. So you might want to get them at a good price or just hint to the Mrs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Father's Day gift ideas. So I'll tell you what. I want to go ahead and run them down real quickly. When it comes to Amazon, they always, at times like these, with the big Amazon Day sale that they can do over the course of a couple of days, but also with Father's Day coming around the corner, everything that is Amazon starts to go on sale. And if you haven't caught a Fire Stick yet, but you need something to go ahead and get a smart TV, right now, the Fire Stick 4K, if you've got a 4K television, it's $10 off. Really handy. Got a lot of access to a lot of apps. I've enjoyed my Fire Stick so far. Right now, it's $40 now on sale as we speak on Amazon. You know, Josh and I are big fans of this, but the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, where you can get it right now, that's a great gift for dad who played it, what, 13, 14 years ago. 
it's great to see if they can go ahead and relive that memory. It'll be a great gift for dad. Or if you got a dad that hasn't played it yet, but has been kind of thinking about it, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I know you've loved your time in it so far. Yeah, so far I've been playing other things. It's a joy to go back to. And it's a nice game to be able to just unplug at the end of the day. You know, dads come home from work. They need to kick their feet up in the recliner turn on that xbox or that playstation just escape into another galaxy and possibly not come back for several hours so i told you i was 14 hours in i'm just leaving the citadel yeah yeah that i mean that takes a long time to get through that first part yeah you can also kick up your feet and relax you guys out there on this as a great father's day gift our gaming chairs if you are a Marvel fan out there, you can go to Amazon again or neochair.com because Neochair has licensed Marvel gaming chairs, some with the lower lumbar pillow. That's a USB connected pillow that gives you massage power. If you want to go ahead, there's several variations of that with and without the lumbar pillow with or without the extensions, which allow you to kick up your feet. If you're interested, they start around $179.98 to $229.99. They're available now, and if you're really a Marvel fan or if you know your dad is a Marvel fan out there, there's no better gift to give than that right there for you from Marvel, this Avengers gaming chair, whether with or without the massage or extension options. So that's going to be something if you want to go ahead and get dad a great gift, a gaming chair from Marvel. Another awesome idea, Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the number one men's grooming product out there. And if you are a guy or if you know a dad out there that has grooming that, that needs to be done or actually, you know, it's beach time, it's pool time. So summer, you got to make sure dad's groomed everywhere. Best place to go is manscaped.com. And with the code FASTBREAK, you get 20% off plus free shipping. So great gift idea for Father's Day. And I know that will come real quick right there for you if you go to manscaped.com. Also as well, Lord of the Rings. You know, Josh and I love the Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's on sale. The 4K Ultra HD plus digital copies, Blu-ray box set, the ultimate edition of the Lord of the Rings trilogy right now, is available on sale for $70.97 at Amazon.com. So if you know a dad out there like we are that are Lord of the Rings fans, yeah, that's the best place to go to get the extended and theatrical versions all in one box set right there at Amazon.com. If your dad needs a new TV, just check out the list at Amazon or Best Buy. I know Amazon, one of their most popular televisions, a highly rated 43-inch 4K UHD with built-in Amazon Fire. If you want something bigger and you know dad is looking at a big screen, 70-inch Samsung Class 6 Series, that's LED 4K UHD Smart. The Tizen TV is at Best Buy. It's on sale $50 off at $700, Dungeons & Dragons, we've talked about a lot on this show, and you know we are Facebook's number one tabletop RPG streamer. Best thing to do if they are getting into it or they need an update after a long, long time, like I hadn't played in many, many years, best place to go is Amazon because Amazon is doing a massive sale on the Dungeons & Dragons core rulebooks gift set. That is all three of the major books you need. The Monster Manual, the Dungeon Master's Guide, and the Player's Handbook, all hardcover. Comes with a slipcover as well and a cover sheet for Dungeon Masters out there or aspiring ones at that. That's available now, listed at $169.99. It's on sale for $91.99 right now at Amazon. Josh, I know you love The Mandalorian. So how about getting yourself or having one of the loves of your life give you as a Father's Day gift the new Funko Pop of The Mandalorian with Grogu, a.k.a. Baby Yoda. That's on sale now, $15 off at close to it at $17.99 on Amazon. How do you like that? You need a Funko Pop. Oh, yes. Did you know also at Target starting tomorrow? I say it's $17.29. I want to get you. It's even lower than what I said. $17.29. Also at Target starting tomorrow or today, actually, you could buy two Funko Pops, get one for free. Ooh, so great gift ideas for Funko Pop collectors. If you know your dad's one, Another great gift for Father's Day is the Vizio 5.1 channel home theater system. That's available for $249.99. It has great sound with Dolby Digital, DTS, and Virtual X. A wireless subwoof gives you a great punch, great sound, and it's just an awesome surround sound experience. So that's only $250 if your dad is really looking to upgrade that home theater system. But 
Some great ideas, my friend, right there for you. And if you have any questions or you want to check it out, I, again, have an article at popculturecosmos.com. It is available right now. It is the best Father's Day gift ideas from all of us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Coming up next, Josh and I will break down day two of E3 2021 and Clash of the Titans hits 40 this weekend. Oh, and also Raiders of the Lost Ark does as well. Which one do I have memories of or do I have memories of both? I'll tell you my thoughts on that coming up on the back end of the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really truly defined who we are, then you got to check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. And we're back with the show. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is Jerome Glassford, along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Box Series X, Josh Peterson. Josh, Microsoft had a shindig today at the Microsoft E3 press conference. Plus also as well, Square Enix, the PC gaming show. Eight hours I streamed of it. And I didn't even get it all. There was some stuff before the Microsoft conference, but eight hours of nonstop showcase after world premiere after premiere again a ton of the stuff is not going to be available this year a ton of the stuff is going to be available in the years coming in the, in the future most of them 2022 but we'll start off with microsoft once again i know marcus and i and you said some thoughts on it but go ahead the floor is yours on microsoft especially as a xbox series owner your thoughts on the microsoft press conference okay so it was a microsoft conference you know <laughs> It had enough. It did what it needed to do. You know, my wife brought this up because we went over to my parents' house today to have dinner with them. And I'm like, can I please watch this real quick before we go? So I sat down and watched the Microsoft conference. But, you know, my wife, who's not really a gamer, was watching it. And she goes, they've added on to a bunch of franchises, but there was nothing new. And I was like, well, Starfield. And she goes, yeah, but I mean, isn't Starfield kind of like those other space games that you play? It's funny because I, I was listening to a podcast on IGN a couple weeks back, and one of the hosts said, I sure hope that Starfield isn't Skyrim in space. I'd like to do something different. I'd like to experience something different. And one of the first quotes out of the reps was, hey, it's a Han Solo simulator, and it's also very much like Skyrim in space. Yep. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, my wife has a good point. Again, Xbox did what it needed to do. You know, we have some 2021 releases. We have exclusives. We have Forza Horizon 5, Diablo 2 Resurrected, Back for Blood, 12 Minutes, Psychonauts 2, Shredders, The Ascent, Halo Infinite, which has not been given a definitive release except... I've got a lot to say on Halo Infinite when you, when you get a chance. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just an overview of it. But yeah, it's, they're set to release around holiday 2021. Before we get to Halo Infinite, can I talk about a couple of games real quick? Yeah, and also don't forget, Somerville was a game from the creators of Inside and Limbo. Somerville, I'm truly looking forward to that. Obsidian announced as well the Outer Worlds 2 that'll come mm -hmm. out eventually. And then they also have their other About which uh, that's the game I'm really so, looking forward to from them. Yeah. I know Redfall was showcased at the very end. Yeah, Starfield looks really cool. I appreciate that they talked about the existence of Elder Scrolls Six. You know, they're working on it. It's probably going to be in at least three years before we get to see that game. Forza Horizon 5, like everyone had talked about that. I mean, there have been rumors, but it kind of slipped under the radar. Like they showed us this trailer and all of a sudden they're like, oh, by the way, it comes out on November 9th. Which is and, cool. there, and there's a Forza on the way. And another, yeah, and another, and uh, Turn 10, I think, is working on the next yes. Forza right now. Horizon 5, I was like, oh, you know, this actually looks like it could be really cool. I love the way that this one's actually designed for your friends to come in and let you guys do events together. That was something that, you know, they were playing around with in 4 and didn't really get pulled off very well. There's a lot of stuff that I don't, I'm probably not going to play, you know, Stalker 2. Back for Blood looks okay. Do you have any like in that? I know you're a big fan of Left for Dead, and this is this is by the people that made Left for Dead. Some of the people, it's a different studio, but 
this has all the earmarks of Left 4 Dead, and it emulates it in so many different ways. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, yeah. 12 it, minutes it, looks good, too. I, I, I know you mentioned 12 minutes mm-hmm. as well. 12 minutes looks good. Uh, it's got a, that, like, indie vibe to it. That in, it's got, it kind of felt like heavy rain in a way, too, because you're kind of doing investigating. You got the somber music playing in the background. So that's something. But you have some premium actors being part of the cast, too. Mm-hmm. Contraband, they didn't really like give us much detail on yeah. that game, but it sounds interesting. I am really interested in, in Plague Tale too. Like I thought that that was a Fable 2 trailer at first. What was disappointing though was when Phil said that he, you know, he listed off a number of games like Forza and, mm-hmm. and Fable and Elder Scrolls. He listed all these games that people wanted to see on today's showcase and that they're in development, but yeah. we're not going to show you anything. And that what I think was the biggest downer I think overall. Yeah, Psychonauts 2 is, we all knew that that was happening. Yeah, Shredders is actually something that looks really cool. Like, there has not been a good snowboarding game in years. SSX, I think, was the last one, right? SSX, yeah, and that, like, eventually just kind of became, like, a cartoony joke, you know, after a while. So Shredders actually looks kind of cool you know i'm i'm excited and you know the great thing is like all these are day one games pass games you watch this conference and if if you're a subscriber to games pass you don't have to pay for any of these things and yeah i I don't know if we talked about this on the show how like xbox is trying to move away from hardware and have games pass be like an app on all these smart tvs that you sync your controller via bluetooth but it really looks like they're trying to go in that direction where you don't need hardware. They're making these games more accessible to people, which I think is really cool. Before we get to Halo, a couple of things they did do right, I think, is having this continuous support for Sea of Thieves was something, you know, that game's been going strong for what? Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Five or six years, right? I think that came out. like yeah. It's been a while. And uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon is available today on Games Pass. So if you missed out on that one, you can definitely check that out. Noe and Fine, a frequent guest of ours, has said tremendous things about it. And it absolutely loves the Yakuza series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's good. Those were my big takeaways. There's a lot of cool, like Hades is coming to Games Pass. Yes. And you can play. Diablo 2 Resurrected. Diablo 2 Resurrected. It really looked good. It looks so much more colorful. It looks so mm-hmm. much more action oriented really like that do you know what actually kind of looks fun to me is slime rancher it looks so dumb but it looks like a lot of fun same thing with party animals you know they have that physics-based animal game like see that's why i like watching these conferences like i like the big releases but i also like the little small things that i didn't know about party animals is something that's not coming now i think 2022 release but it's like a multiplayer game as well with fuzzy furry animals doing Mm -hmm. not so fuzzy furry things to each other in order to go ahead and become the victor in whatever multiplayer component that they're playing in but yeah that one has a nice quirky feel to it but all right my friend let's stop beating around the bush when it comes to what's going on with halo Mm -hmm. i mean uh, I, i have some definite thoughts on it all of it's not about the game itself it's about how Microsoft has treated Halo Infinite. It goes back to our conversations in the past about how Halo Infinite should not have missed this mark uh, as far as being that day one Xbox Series X game. And I know a lot of people now are saying, I've seen in the past couple hours, that, oh yeah, people don't have to worry about Xbox exclusive games anymore because they're all on the way. And they're all, you know, some of them are coming out this year. And that's great and all, but. The fact that you have to wait a year and a half for Xbox exclusive titles to come out, to me, that's reprehensible. To me, that's inexcusable. But again, that's a branch for another day. But Halo Infinite came out in the middle of the conference and got snowed under by all these other game announcements. And Halo is supposed to be your marquee franchise. And to me, that was kind of disappointing. I mean, they showcased some of what's going on, obviously a new multiplayer they talked about how it retains a lot of the style, but it has some new components with the grappling hook and things of that nature. And talked about how stylistic it's going to look. Plus Master Chief is going to get some help in the campaign and all that. But to put it smack dab in the middle of the showcase, and it seemed like they thought of it as just another game. They should have put it at the beginning or the end, because that to me always makes the most impression. In fact, Xbox has always put Halo at the beginning or the end. To me, that's been something that I think was lost in today's conference was not only the fact that all these other components such as Gears of War and Fable and Elder Scrolls were not announced. It's the fact that Halo Infinite, which is supposed to be your big moneymaker this holiday, was put in a position to have itself snowed under by all these other announcements. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't really understand that either. It didn't, like, take away the effect of it for me. Like, I am still... It did for me. Yeah. but It, it just felt like it was a, just another game. Watching the videos. Like, I was ready to play it last year. And I know we talked about this. You were ready to play it last year, too, regardless of how it looked. But looking at it now, like, it didn't look much different from what they showed us before. Nope. So... I don't know like what got fixed and what didn't, but I don't. Well, they decided to make the Halo multiplayer free to play. Very interesting choice. Free, so you don't have to have a disc. Is that like the? No, just you don't have to pay for it. So if it's free to play, it's going to be like Call of Duty Warzone, where you can just sign up, you can go from there, and they're obviously going to try and make money off it on the microtransactions. But don't you have to own the game to play it? They had it right there, slash on the screen. Halo multiplayer, free to play. Halo Infinite is going to be its own game. So it looks like to me, it's what you get in the box. You may get a component, obviously, for the multiplayer to start up, but you don't have to buy the Halo Infinite. If it's a free-to-play component, that means to me that you don't have to buy Halo Infinite, the campaign or the disc or the 60 bucks or whatever they're going to charge for it. And they're just going to make it free-to-play so that you can just basically download it from Games Pass and there you go. Oh, God. It kind of like the expansion. Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, well, you don't they... have to buy anything Call of Duty or any Call of Duty games to get Call of Duty Warzone. You just go ahead and play it right off the bat. Yeah. What gets you is the microtransactions to make your character customize any way you want. Yeah, and another weird thing with the Halo presentation was the fact that they're like, "We've been working hard on multiplayer," and then they jump into a single player like campaign trailer. So I'm like, it, it, that was confusing to me because I thought we were gonna see like. Oh, cool! They're kind of incorporating multiplayer into the story. Maybe that, like they did with was that Halo Four? They had that. Maybe they are. And if you want the full experience, you have to buy the game. You have to buy or download or play the campaign in order to do so. But you don't have to do it one hundred percent if you choose not to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like I'm going to play it. I'm excited. I was ready to play it last year. You know, I, I love the idea of like an open world Halo, but they didn't really go into detail on what that necessarily looks like so but i did love the multiplayer what they showed off i'm mm -hmm. a big capture the flag guy back in the day i used to love playing it halo 2 i played two years straight and i loved playing capture the flag the most and it was such a fun experience when i got a chance to play it and it was awesome the thrill you get when you have a master strategy on how to get into the area to grab that flag and you go and the reward and the feeling that you get when you run that flag all the way back to your camp and you win the game to me or you win the, the round it's a feeling like very few other things in video games that i've ever experienced uh, or you hop on a, a warhog with a friend as you're carrying the flag and he drives you to safety so we're going to see more of that in halo infinite that's going to be great but it's an interesting choice to make it free to play yeah definitely and maybe that's something they're trying to like use to entice people into games pass maybe we make this a separate entity people will sign up for the $12 a month as opposed to going out. And Well, that's our future. That's the future yeah. of Xbox is Games Pass. That's what they want you to get. It's not necessarily the Xbox series, but they want you to be able to play it on your PC, on your mobile, on your laptop, or wherever mm -hmm. you're at. They want you to be able to focus on your smart TV. That's the future of what they want to do. They want you to get the Games Pass more than whatever it is you want to play on. Right, yeah. And they did a good job of showcasing all the things that make Halo multiplayer cool. I just wish we would have seen a little more, like, maybe a different part of the campaign, you know? Yeah. And I'm really still apprehensive over the fact that they did not give a definitive release date. They just said holiday 2021. And after they said that last year, it got pushed back again. So if Halo does not drop this year, like, it's not going to say good things about microsoft you know and i think that it has to drop this year or else you know the xbox series x could be kind of in, in dire straits i suppose forza horizon 5 is not a system seller it's not something that's going to push systems it's not going to be something that's going to get people wow no. that looks so good even though the gameplay was really fun it looked like it was an entertaining game it's not going to be something that's going to draw in people to buy no. xbox it's series x it's a fun game, but it's not a flagship series. You yeah. know? It's associated with Microsoft and Xbox, but it's not something that can carry a console. Yeah, absolutely. So your overall thoughts on the Microsoft press conference? Again, like I think they did what they needed to do. 
it was disappointing in the fact that I was hoping to see like some fresh IPs that looked like they could branch out, you know, into the coming years, but we didn't really get any of that. So, you know, Xbox, I guess they're releasing the things they need and people seem to think the drought is over. So we'll just have to wait and see and we'll wait and see what happens on Thursday too. And what, you know, if we'll get release dates for Sinwa and maybe some of the other things that have been rumored. Starfield was okay, but then again, it's a cinematic trailer for a game that's coming out November 11th of next year. Yeah. And for me, again, it was overall a little bit of a downer because of the fact that Halo Infinite, where it was placed, seemed to me that they were telling me that Halo is no longer a priority in the Microsoft machine, which I think is a big mistake. And second of all, all the at the very end, what Phil Spencer said, the head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, said about all these games that are in development, that we all wanted to see from all these marquee franchises for the Xbox that we didn't get to see, but he said they were in development. That to me told me right there that there's a whole lot of stuff in the queue they just can't show yet. And that to me also was a big disappointing thing as well. But as I said last week, I think E3 2022 is shaping up to be much better than what E3 2021 is because I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that they were holding back that they're going to showcase that year at E3 2022. Yeah, I I definitely agree. But again, like we need some games out between now and then. Oh, that we do. That we do. We can't just live by Mass Effect and Chivalry 2 alone. (laughs) Correct. But what are your thoughts out there on the Microsoft E3 press conference this year? Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Box Series X, Josh Peterson. My friend, I know that the PC gaming show seemingly kept going forever with a lot of PC titles, and that's just something that we could barely keep up on. But yes, the PC gaming market, I know there was a time where you and I first started the show and we thought the PC marketplace was dying. It's no longer dying anymore. I, I don't want to go off on the big announcements that were made there or any of that, because there was just a ton, absolute ton of games on the way for the PC gamers out there. I'm just saying, if you're a PC gamer out there, you should be happy where it stands right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't play a lot of PC games, but I know a lot of people in this new generation of consoles where, you know, they're impossible to get a lot of people have gone over to PC gaming as a result of the scarcity. Yeah, I mean, it's something that you should be very satisfied because there's a ton of independent developers. There's a ton of publishers out there that are all willing to produce stuff for PCs exclusively or tied in with consoles. It was just great to see. And they had two, almost three hours worth of PC games that they announced there. And it was just amazing to see. But the other entity that was major that a lot of people were talking about was Square Enix. And before we get into all the fun stuff that I like to talk about when it comes to Marvel, that's either good or bad when it concerns Square Enix having that IP, which is another argument for another day. I want to hear your thoughts on the Final Fantasy announcements. So if you can go ahead and elaborate on the Final Fantasy announcements that were made at Square Enix. You're the Final Fantasy fan, my friend. So you tell me what you thought of a Final Fantasy that's on the way, at least a demo that's available now for PS5 owners, and the future of Final Fantasy for Square Enix. So we got to look at Final Fantasy 16 at their last showcase, and that you know they didn't really show much more after that you know today they didn't show anything from it today they did reveal stranger of paradise final fantasy origin so this is kind of like a demon souls like game it it looks kind of like devil may cry and kind of the same combat style from ninja gaiden which is appropriate i guess because it's made by the team that did ninja gaiden so you're just kind of dungeon crawling it looks like you know you're doing that and you got your team it doesn't really have the feel of a classic final fantasy game I haven't played the demo yet. I'm going to. I love that this is getting some love on Xbox, though, because it is coming to Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC. It has a very dark look to it. 
you know, when I say it doesn't feel like a typical Final Fantasy, it's very, very dark. Like you could tell they are trying to take some pages from Demon Souls here. And I just hope that it's not overly difficult because like I can't play Ninja Gaiden games. Demon Souls games frustrate me too. Elden Ring is a no for you? Elden Ring is something I'm going to play, but I just like I don't want something that I can't play. gotta have those hair physics. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, Stranger of Paris, it looks cool. I love these hack and slash games. I got to get in and play the demo because I, you know, I need to see what, are there like dodge mechanics? What are we dealing with here? So that's supposed to come out in 2022. The demo is available today if you're a PS5 owner. The other Final Fantasy announcement we got is a Final Fantasy Pixel remaster. So I guess like if you're playing them on Steam or you own iOS or Android, they are remastering the old Final Fantasy games. So that's Final Fantasy 1 through 6. What disappointed me about this announcement was the fact that they did not say, hey, these will also be available on Switch. Because I don't know if you've ever played a Final Fantasy game on a phone, but it is incredibly frustrating just because the controls are so bad. And that was something I was hoping they'd say. And then at the end, they kind of gave you a look at like, all the mobile score is getting really into their mobile games. And, you know, we have the final fantasy seven mobile games coming out and a few other things and that, that they're kind of getting hooked on. I mean, stranger of paradise was cool. We all knew that that was going to happen, but you know, I was kind of hoping for more out of their flagship series. They announced additions coming on the way. They've already announced a black Panther and also a separate DLC campaign for Hawkeye. When it comes to the Marvel Avengers game, which they've tried to keep on going as best they can, even though the base has been declining quite rapidly because of the mixed reviews. They announced a separate Guardians of the Galaxy game, which was very interesting. And it wasn't a DLC add-on to the existing Marvel Avengers game. They announced a separate Guardians of the Galaxy game coming this year, or scheduled to come out this year. So I want to hear your thoughts on it. The biggest disappointment in this was that the fact that you only play a Star-Lord, and of course you get to instruct your teammates that you're going to play with you know, wherever you go. It's a single-player game, not co-op, which again was disappointing. In the age of co-op, in the age of multiplayer, in the age of where you're able to go ahead and experience a lot of games out there with friends, not having this to be a co-op, especially when it talks about the Guardians of the Galaxy itself, which is best as a team concept, it seemed to me that they missed something with that. Yeah, this was like the perfect opportunity to have like a five-player co-op game. You know, your buddies can jump in and play the other characters. To me, I guess the more disappointing part was, you know, much like they did with the Avengers game, they didn't recruit the voice acting. And what they did instead was they tried to base this game more on the comic books than the films, which is not going to do a lot for them because people don't read the comic books. They know these characters from the film. And I think once they see that the characters are different, it's not the characters they know, it could possibly turn people off of this game. Preaching to the choir, my friend. Preaching to the choir on that one. I mean, it's just simple things. To me, it just sounds like a, a company that spent so much money on the IP that it's not willing to spend money on trying to do anything they can to sustain it. And we talked about this before with getting voice actors for their Avengers game that were not the original actors. I mean, we're going to see on Disney Plus with the What If series, all these actors from the MCU reprising their roles for this voice acting. Yeah. Okay. So Disney paid the bucks to in order to get them all to go ahead and do that. Well, it, it, Square it, Enix yeah. didn't do the same. No, and with a Disney property, though, they're obviously, you know, they've worked with Disney before through the Kingdom Hearts series, but Disney could have put more, I guess, effort into this. Like, Disney doesn't make their own video games anymore. Like, Disney Interactive is not a thing anymore. And with that being said, like, you have all these outside companies pouring money into your IPs. Like, you should let them use the voice actors. Like, you should give them access to the things they need in order to make this game good absolutely and i think they missed the spot on that one so we'll wait and see but yeah not exactly the highest of impressions for guardians of the galaxy and some of the things that square enix has to date but for final fantasy fans it could be very good pickings for you coming in the future with square enix what are your thoughts out there on the square enix press conference share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I also want to give a big shout out to Marcus De La Garza for stopping by the program. Please check him and I out. 
on the Friday show. And hopefully Josh can go ahead and interject himself on that show as well. And I'm hoping that you'll be able to make it on that one. We're going to have some special guests coming for day three and day four of our day three and day four wrap-ups from E3. So stay tuned for that. You can check out those live showings on the Facebook page for Pop Culture Cosmos. And I'll throw some clips of it on the Friday show as well. But before we head on out, my friend, some famous movies turned 40 this weekend. And I have memories of each. One, of course, is the Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is now in production on the, I think, fifth installment. Fifth. Fifth. Okay, fifth you know, a, a trilogy, and then there's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, so okay. Number five. Yeah, okay. So it's fifth, fifth, fifth installment of the Indiana Jones series, which is being filmed right now. I think in He's England. He's old too. I yeah. don't know if you saw those pictures. He looks yeah, like yeah, I saw like grandpa. Yeah, but he had his coffee right there with him. But again, you got to go and battle the evil forces there with your coffee in hand. But I will say this before we head on out: Raiders of the Lost Ark. That scared many a young child with that eye-popping scene. And one of the reasons why I called Steven Spielberg one of the greatest horror directors of all time, that turned 40, although it's a fantastic film. I love it. But yes, that that scene did scare me when I was a teenager and I saw that. And you know which scene I'm talking about. But that was a great movie at 40. Plus also as well, that same weekend, in hindsight, it was a very dumb maneuver. But Clash of the Titans, which is now a cult classic, but also that movie, you know, I have fond memories of because I was stuck when I was at summer school. My parents were working, and so I was at middle school, and they would show us that almost every day and replay that, replay that, replay that. And we didn't want to spend day out in 90-degree heat, so we sat inside and watched Clash of the Titans for the umpteenth time. So I, I do have memories of that film. It's got its own charm. But my friend, Clash of the Titans and Writers of the Lost Ark hits 40. Any thoughts on either each? Because I do have some memories of them, whether I like it or not. Okay, so I can't speak much to Clash of the Titans outside the remakes because I've never seen the old one. Indiana Jones is kind of where I'm at with this. Like, I remember being a kid and like just wanting so badly to watch these Indiana Jones movies. Like, this was the closest to like a horror movie I was allowed to get as a kid. You know, yeah, or the, or the number two where he grabs the heart out of the guy. See, that to me still sticks out and it's kind of shocking. The shocking scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they open up the Ark mm -hmm. and everybody that has seen it knows what I'm talking about. Back in the 80s, we didn't know that was cutting edge special effects. And that was so scary and traumatizing mm -hmm. to so many people. These days, if you looked at it now, you basically laugh your butt off because it looks so phony. It has not aged well, but back then it was so traumatizing. Oh. I, can't, I had nightmares. I had nightmares. Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was terrifying. But I remember like seeing that happen because I think the first time I watched it is on TV. Yeah. And uh, I remember seeing that happen. And like I look, I didn't actually like close my eyes or was scared, but I looked back at my parents to make well, sure. You should have listened to Indy then. He said close your eyes. Yeah. But like I looked back at my parents to make sure that like I was allowed to watch this and they just kind of were watching the TV. It's like, oh, okay, I guess this is a new day for us here. I was never allowed to watch Temple of Doom until I was I was older because my That mom... may be a good thing because that yeah. is such a bad movie. That's such a bad movie. But then again, Steven Spielberg found his wife from there, so, you know. Yeah, and, and even to to this day though, my favorite is The Last Crusade. There's just yeah. like it's it's got the deepest storytelling. It's got yes. some of the coolest action scenes. It is hands down my favorite. I don't want to talk about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but yeah. those movies are definitely like when I think about the quint like essential trilogies of that time, you know, I think about Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, as bad as number three was. Those are pop culture icons for sure, you know, and like I think that everybody should watch those movies by a certain age, you know, like by age seven. I'm getting ready to show my kids Indiana Jones. You know, we went through the Hobbit series and we'll probably watch Lord of the Rings this summer. Even but... that scene? What scene? In Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. I mean... Rare's the Lost Ark, excuse me. Yeah, I'll show them that part. The part with the heart getting ripped out, I'll probably skip over. Okay, but, but... you tell them there was a lot of wax melting and, and just exploded. It was all fake. Just this, oh, all fake. 
actually happened like this is real footage i don't oh, know you're so mean <laughs> you're so mean you're so mean but it is raiders of the lost ark and clash of the titans turning 40 we hope you have strong memories of it and if you do please share us your thoughts on both those movies or which one that you have a distinct memory of right here at pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com so for josh peterson this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great